Indeed, there are more questions than answers. Like, do one-legged ducks swim in circles? This also applies to lawnmowers, by the way, where the wheels have fallen. <laughs> Hi, America. <laughs> Hello, world. My name is Adrian Lee, and I'm your host. That's how crop circles are formed in Minnesota. It's lawnmowers <laughs> with one wheel missing. Welcome to the show, more questions than answers. The only paranormal quiz show anywhere in the world. Each week, my guests and I will search the world's newspapers, websites and TV shows just for you to bring you the very best in paranormal talk, radio, entertainment and enlightenment. We will then test each other's knowledge of the week's events of the mysterious, strange, supernatural, unusual, bizarre and just plain weird. If you've just tuned in, especially to hear the show, then I admire your taste. If you've just tuned in by accident, then I admire your luck. I'm huddled under my quilt with a large flashlight and a nice cup of tea with tonight's guests somewhere in the barren wildernesses of the midwest plains with the sound of my elderly mother snoring distantly from the room next door by the way i got an email from my mother today she said to me the show's sounding really great because she's in london she said does anyone ever write in or ask why i'm constantly snoring and i'm constantly <laughs> asleep and uh, the answer to that is no, mother. No one has actually wrote in and asked why you're constantly asleep. I suspect they just think you're old, to be honest. So, snug- there's my birthday present gone for this year. So snuggle under your covers, turn out your lights and hold on tight. The rules are very simple. Points will be awarded randomly for being interesting or for making me laugh or shiver in horror. Extra points will be available for shock and awe value. To help me control my rowdy panel of recidivists and reprobates, I will employ what I have called the inappropriate bell. An example of this would be... The panel have no idea what's coming. I have no idea what stories they have for tonight's show and we are completely live and unedited. What could possibly go wrong? So let me introduce tonight's guest panel. Firstly, the mysterious and evanescent Heather Morris. She has been a paranormal investigator for many years with her own team called Hellhound Investigations and does all of her best work in the shadows. She is now one of the leading audio and EVP experts with the International Paranormal Society and brings her knowledge and research skills to tonight's show. Heather discovered this week that women blink twice as much as men. So more proof, men are lazy, I guess. Welcome to the show, Heather. <laughs> How dare you, by the way? Dare I what? What have I done now? <laughs> Bring up the fact that I lost a wheel on my mower. Well, you was doing 30 around that corner. I've never seen grass <laughs> cut at such alacrity. Christ. That one area was mowed very well. I thought grass, pri- grass prices have suddenly shot up in Minnesota and you were looking to bail as much as possible. It was remarkable. I've not seen the dog since. Unbelievable. That is true. Why do women blink twice as much as men, do you think? It is true. Because we're flirting. 
because you're and we're lazy <laughs> i'm happy to have sore eyes just so i don't have to blink so much there we go we also have with us the analytical and skeptical mind of kim gore kim is also a talented and valued member of the international paranormal society kim found out this week that donkeys kill more people every year than die in plane crashes so disaster looms for anyone flying with donkeys as their pilots <laughs> welcome to the show kim hello that is true donkeys very dangerous animals apparently oh i have something on that really something you'd like to share this early yeah, in the show absolutely okay i just read a story that cows kill more people in the u.s than sharks well they can't drive can they they haven't got posable <laughs> thumbs it's ridiculous you drive through Iowa, there's cars going past with cows in them i've never seen anything like it unbelievable and then to, there's a dog chasing them so you have all these cars going past really fast with cows in can't drive a stick shift they haven't got posable thumbs no blinkers of course and there's a dog chasing them I've, unbelievable all in iowa i tell you stay out of iowa Finally, on tonight's show, I wish to introduce the calm and unflappable Greg Gore. He's married to Kim, and we shall see if this is still the case after tonight's show. Greg is a paranormal investigator and tech expert. He owns and operates more cameras and leads than the BBC outside broadcast department. He is also our sound engineer and producer. Greg realized that banging your head against a wall uses 150 calories an hour. So welcome to more questions than answers. The best way to lose <laughs> 150 calories. Welcome to the show, Greg. Hello. That is all true, I tell you, 100% true, and you're welcome to go and research that for yourself. <laughs> Series 2, Episode 18. I just want to give a big shout before we uh, start. So the number of countries that we have listening to our show um, each week. And in last week's show, I just want to run through this list. This is remarkable. So I want to thank everyone around the globe. This really is a, a global world in which we live in now. So I just want to send out a great deal of thanks to those listening in the USA, Denmark, the UK, Switzerland, Egypt, Germany, Israel, the Netherlands, Australia, Tanzania, the Ukraine, Malaysia, Singapore, Russia, Canada, Ireland, and South Africa. So a big thank you to all of those people listening all over the globe and brazil of course i forgot to mention as well if anyone wishes to write to me and say hello you can contact me via our facebook site more questions and answers with adrian lee and i'd love to hear from you if you're from any of those countries and you're listening or you can write to me at mqta at rocketmail.com wholly remarkable we live in a very small world indeed now 18 is a very interesting number i just want to go through a few uh, interesting facts about the number 18, as we do as convention at the beginning of all of our shows. In Chinese mythology, hell has 18 levels, ranging apparently from lightly toasted to a McDonald's takeout coffee. Who knew? <laughs> a shape looking like 18 in Arabic numbers is formed by the lines on the palm of your right hand. And Nathan's currently looking at his right hand. and uh, The other right hand. Because he doesn't know any Arabic numbers, he won't be able to tell what that even is. You need a knowledge <laughs> of Arabic numbers. But it is 18, I'm telling you. Can you imagine if you're going to a fortune teller and they see 18 on the palm of your right hand? You're going to have 18 children, apparently. I see, I see lots of laundry and the possibility that you're going to end up living in a shoe. In Chinese tradition, 18, pronounced shi ba, is considered to be, and here's where the points are going now, every week we say that either Chinese or Japanese culture, there's an unlucky number or a lucky number. So the number 18 in China, and I'm going to go around the room, and your choices are lucky or unlucky, and there's early points to be had. So, Greg, 18 in Chinese culture, lucky or unlucky? Lucky. Lucky for Greg. Kim? Lucky. 
Wow, two luckies. I'm just going to say unlucky to be different. Okay, and Nathan? Unlucky. Two unluckies, two luckies. It is, in fact, lucky because it sounds <laughs> like Greg's celebrating. He's taking his shirt off and he's running around the corner flag. I've never seen anything like it. I didn't even know we had a corner flag in the studio. It, it sounds apparently like Shi Fa, which means to get rich because the number 18 in Chinese tradition is Shi Ba, and it sounds like Shi Fa, which means to get rich. So the number 18 in Chinese culture is indeed lucky and Greg and Kim race into an early lead with one point. I just want to discuss before we start on our show that I went out to Loon Lake Cemetery, um, which is just south of Jackson, just a stone's throw from the Iowa border this week. I'm doing a, a group of, um, I guess it's like a ghost hunting 101 class that I'm doing in Jackson. I've done it for the last four weeks. And uh, I just want to talk about my experiences of going over to the cemetery at Loon Lake which is a pioneer cemetery. I don't know if you're aware of this, but to be a pioneer cemetery, um, that means that no bodies or no more than five or six bodies have to be interned there in the last 50 years to be classed as a pioneer cemetery. I don't know if you was aware of that, but apparently no one's been buried in this cemetery since 1926. So it is indeed a pioneer cemetery. And people may be aware of the witch's curse. There's a girl buried there who was 17 when she died. Her name was Mary Jane Terwilliger. And it was a curse, apparently, um, was on anyone who jumped over her grave or walked over her grave. And uh, this is urban legend. You can all look this up online. In fact, Dave Ellefson, who is the bass player of the uh, heavy metal band Megadeth, actually wrote a song called Mary Jane. And he was born in Jackson in Minnesota and knew all about the curse. Um, I subsequently went and found that lady's uh, death certificate and obituary. And she did, in fact, die of diphtheria which is a lung disease of course and she didn't get beheaded and she wasn't a witch but it was interesting to go out there and uh, see what the equipment came along with so i went out there with this group of ladies on monday night and uh, one of the interesting things i discovered in the cemetery which is incredibly overgrown the grass is up to your up to your eyes and uh, there's cockleburrs and itch weed and poison ivy and burdock and uh, only just yesterday i was scratching my bottom and an itch weed and a burdock fell out of my bottom. So uh, I've studied biology. I believe this is called seed distribution, apparently. So we had the thermal imaging camera out there, and it's very interesting. There was a hot spot just hovering in the middle of the cemetery, just above the grass. So it was almost like a circle of heat, which had nothing around it. And I walked out to this circle of heat, and I, there was nothing there. I couldn't feel anything, but it stayed constant, almost like someone had a balloon, and they were holding it in the grass. So the top of the bloom was just hovering above where the tops of the grass was. But there was nothing there. And as I walked around the cemetery with this camera, this infrared thermal imaging camera, you could actually see that spot of heat constantly there. So I'm not quite sure what caused that. That was very strange and very bizarre. But I did have the uh, ghost box on and uh, we were standing where Mary Jane's grave was. And uh, I asked via the ghost box where she was born and it shouted out Iowa. And, of course, she was indeed born in Iowa. I'd, I'd looked up her birth certificate. And I also asked her what religion she was, and she said she was a Baptist. And that came through loud and clear as well. So it's very interesting just having a chat with her. And I'm actually going to make that one of the chapters of my next book. I've got a book coming out by the end of the summer called The Mysterious Midwest. And I'm going to include that particular story in there. But it's very interesting to wander around these old pioneer cemeteries with a thermal imaging camera because you can see all the rabbits running around and all the animals <laughs> that are hiding in the bushes. It's great. Love it. Superb. So many thanks to the ladies that met me out 
at Loon Lake Cemetery on Monday evening and uh, hopefully we'll get together soon and do more fabulous ghost hunts. We sprint into the round that is ghosts and hauntings with cockabras sticking to our bottoms and itchweed running up our arms and rabbits jumping around at our feet. What have you got for me first, Heather, in the rounds of ghosts and hauntings? I have an idea for a vacation. 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 Fishing. Fishon. Investigation. Investigation. <laughs> okay. This could go on for some time, so let's get on with the story. We're done in an hour. <laughs> Zombie-themed Walking Dead cruise setting sail in January. A cruise? Yeah. A walking Dead cruise? Yeah. You've got nowhere to run, have you? No, you don't. <laughs> That's actually a really good idea for a film, isn't it? Well, it, actually, it gets into that. I hey. saw a film called Ghost Ship many, many years ago. Oh, I did too. I think people yeah. got cut in half because there was a wire that snapped and went across the deck and all kinds of things oh. happened. So start booking now. Yay! <laughs> Taking a vacation with a cruise ship full of zombies sounds like a premise of a blockbuster Hollywood film. But it will be a reality now for those who get aboard the Norwegian Pearl in January of 2016. The Norwegian Pearl. That's what it's called. Okay. In a partnership with Norwegian Cruise Line, Festivals at Sea Marketer Sixth Man and Walker Stalker Con, the normal cruise ship will be transformed into a playground for fans of the hit television series and comic books, The Walking Dead. Wow. I know, right? I've been on some cruise ships and the food's that bad that people are stumbling around like The Walking Dead, I swear. (laughs) According to Sixth Man, zombie-themed crews will sail from Miami to Nassau, Bahamas for three days of horror-filled fun. Scheduled for January 15th through the 18th, 2016, aboard the Norwegian Pearl. Passengers will interact with the actors from The Walking Dead and attend question-and-answer panels have photo opportunities and autograph sessions, zombie gaming, costume contests, theme nights, and more to be announced. That actually sounds fun. You were going to say that was fun. Zombie gaming. Can you imagine playing Twister? (laughs) (laughs) You need to put your left arm on the red circle. Let's leave it behind. (laughs) Hang on a second. Her leg's on the yellow circle. It's not meant to be there. Someone move that for her. (laughs) It's terrible. Add in the fact that all the meals aboard the Norwegian Pearl are complimentary and all the onboard amenities are included in the ticket price. She can use the toilet free of charge. That's right. Fabulous. It's uh, it's actually only starting at $750 for double occupancy. And the 2,200 fans expected to board the ship will be treated to a -a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. The special cruise is already accepting pre-sale booking, so get in there, folks. And the first thousand guests will, who book during the pre-sale will receive a limited edition lithograph signed by The Walking Dead star Norman Reedus. Wow. Do you think that comes to you in an envelope where the tongue's still in it? <laughs> <It's> like... <laughs> Maybe an ear flap or something. Oh, wow. There you go. Doesn't that sound like fun? Oh, God. Can you bring a colander? I need to get him out of the bath. Oh, God, gross. That's terrible. I guess that's one way to make Norwegian cruises interesting. I mean, oh, otherwise... We're never going to get coupons now. Have you had Norwegian cuisine? I'm just saying. I'm just saying, that's all. If it's if it's Norwegian cuisine... Isn't I, that like Lefsa and... It's lutefisk. Lots lutefisk. of fish. Uh, I love lutefisk. Yes. Oh, pickled, pickled herring is where we are. Oh, I like pickled herring. I shall give you points for being informative and slightly funny. Oh. <laughs> 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 Whatever. 
I can take them away again. It's not a problem. I just have to scribble out the number and replace it with a zero. I have a story here that says Kate Hudson sees ghosts and explains how to talk to them. Kate Hudson said she and her mother, Goldie Horn, can see dead people. They're everywhere. But she's not joking, and she explained the feeling last week on the Alan Carr show. It's not really seeing. It is feeling a spirit, Kate said. A fifth energy. I believe in energy. I believe our brains can manifest into visual things. Shady, there's a proper way to address a departed spirit. So if you're taking notes here, if you happen to feel or see one, what you should do is you should ask that spirit what year it is and that they don't belong there. So you ask the spirit, apparently this is, according to Kate Hudson, this is what you're meant to do. You're meant to ask the spirit what year it is. And then when they say it's 1924, you then tell them that they're not meant to be here. What if they say it's 2015? Well, then you're stuffed, aren't you, apparently? (laughs) (laughs) So if there's any ghosts listening to the show, this is the way to go, I would suggest. I I recommend that any ghosts now visiting Kate Hudson um, should have that information and should be armed with that. And they should say it's 2015. (laughs) Kate said, when your brain is freaking out on you, you may have to remind it. You'll have to remind it. It's interesting because some ghosts I've spoken to via my psychic skills and the equipment and all the people in my team that are with me tonight have witnessed ghosts and spirits say it's 1924. But I've also witnessed ghosts and spirits knowing exactly it's 2015 and that Obama's the president and they've got a knowledge of the here and the now. Yeah. So it's a very interesting kind of uh, dichotomy of those that think it's the period in which they were living in and those that are actually realising that it's the current and they're here visiting their grandchildren or they're hanging out and so forth. Also on the spirit theme, Kate said she once saw a ghost of a woman with no face, adding that it was really creepy. Creepy or not, the woman with no face probably wanted to know what year it was and where to go from there. Seriously, though, plenty of people around the world have seen or believe in ghosts and spirits so there may be something to it you never know we could all be those ghosts someday i almost guarantee it (laughs) a ghost with no face is interesting there's several possibilities there i don't disbelieve um, what kate's saying there because i've seen many strange and bizarre things in my life but i was thinking any suggestions if you see a ghost without a face what that may relate to any thoughts around this table you're all paranormal investigators with lots of experience looking very quizzical at the moment and we're going to have to give you some clues. The first thing I thought of was that she may not have been able to see the whole manifestation. So the ghost actually had a face, but she only had the ability to see what she could see. Do you see what I mean? Sure. So there was an example I investigated on the SS William Irving up in Duluth about four or five years ago. And one of my investigators in the pilot house saw a ghostly pair of legs walking up the stairs. And he only saw the legs. So we laughed about that and joked about that. But ultimately... The whole apparition may have been there, but that investigator only had the ability at that moment in time just to see the legs. Do you see what I'm saying? Right. And then there's the possibility that the entity didn't have enough energy to actually produce a face. Do you see what I mean? Because you could argue that shadow figures and uh, figures that are dark in terms of the way they walk around and you can't pick out detail um, may not have the energy to manifest themselves fully. So it could be on their part that they didn't have the energy to do that. And then I thought of a third option, actually. I wondered that if sometimes when you see decaying corpses, if you like, which is a very rare occurrence, I don't often see that, um, it's because a third party is interfering with that vision and making it look like that. So you're repulsed and you walk, walk away from that or run away from that. So the spirit is is manifesting itself 
completely healthily how you would want to see them but a third party something that's perhaps biblically evil or something dark is putting that onto them and projecting onto them the fact they have no face or the fact that they're diseased or they're covered you know in in decay um, because it wants you to run away from that and be repulsed from that because that spirit is a good spirit and has things to offer you or wants to give you a, a message for example do you see what i'm saying yes so for those three reasons i was wondering why that spirit had no face if people want to add to that debate and have any suggestions of why that ghost appeared without a face do feel free to write to me anytime at mqta at rocketmail.com or you can post your explanations on our facebook site more questions and answers with adrian lee kim what have you got for me tonight in the round of ghosts and hauntings a body of a missing woman found by ghost hunters at an abandoned hospital Ooh. That's not good news. No. I often wonder what would happen if you found a kind of vagrant or someone who's kind of, you know, decomposing. We've investigated in places like factories and disused buildings where people could easily just climb in to get out of the Minnesotan car. I would be one that screamed. There would, well, in, in Britain, of course, there are graveyards that go back to the 16th, 15th century and bodies are breaking the surface. You do see bones scattered around and foxes and badgers would dig underground. And, of course, as they're digging... Uh, they kick out all the dirt, don't they? So you can see piles of earth and there's bones and a shoe. I found a shoe once, which was rather distressing. Well, you talk about bodies breaking the soil. We had a bad storm come through here, what, a week or so ago? That's right. In one of the local cemeteries, some of the trees, because the winds were so high, what, 115 miles an hour? Mm -hmm. It wasn't a tornado, but it actually toppled some of the trees in the cemetery and the crypts were breaking the surface yes because the tree roots were going through the crypts and the coffins when the trees then get pushed over of course the roots all come up as one and attached to the roots and around the roots were the actual crypts and yeah. uh, it was a very grisly scene what was the name of that cemetery where was that? i Can you remember? think that was the fox lake cemetery if i'm right i maybe not but sure. it, it's somewhere over there yeah I, I did very well out of that i got a gold watch and a necklace actually so i'm quite happy <laughs> god <laughs> I got a big bag of gold teeth as well, so I'm off to the I'm off to Port America later. Great. Well, I've never seen for myself, but I've heard that on a on a a very moonlit night, if there are bones on the surface, that they glow in the dark. Wow, that's possible because they are bleached white. Some of them, and they yes. may catch and reflect the light. I wondered if you go walking with a dog, the dog comes out of the undergrowth, it's got a femur <laughs> in its mouth, and you're like, put it back, put it back. But this is very interesting. During the Industrial Revolution. In Britain, more people came to London coming out of the countryside because of poverty and they were going to work on the railways and the cotton mills and the full throw, if you like, of the Industrial Revolution. And London didn't have enough places left to bury the dead. All the church cemeteries had run out of space because I think something like two million people came to London in just a year. And of course, when those people die, there's nowhere left to bury them. So what was happening is that bodies were breaking the service and they were piling bodies up on uh, one on top of the other in graveyards which are of course consecrated ground around churches and uh, london isn't renowned of course for its big stretches of greenery and uh, the, the smell was incredible the bodies were breaking the surface and the smell was so bad this miasma i think they would call it back then and uh, what they decided to do was they thought the smell actually was how cholera was transmitted so they thought people were getting cholera because of the smell of the graveyard and they decided to build seven purpose-built graveyards around the outskirts of London cemeteries some of them were 360 square acres to take care of this surplus 
and uh, it cured the cholera outbreaks. It, it made it work. It, they, there was no more cholera outbreaks after this, and they were celebrated, and there was high fives all around. But it was for the wrong reason. It wasn't because of smell. It was because the bodies were decomposing and poisoning the water table. So they cured oh. cholera, but for the completely wrong reason. And they were very happy with themselves that they cured cholera, but they did it by default, if you like, and I found that very interesting. So, Kim, do you have any more? Yes. Fabulous. I just thought we'd... <laughs> Kim went to the bathroom, came back, had a cup of coffee and sat down again during that. Uh, this was in Vicksburg, Mississippi. The body of 69-year-old Sharon Wilson, the woman who went missing from Drummond Street in Vicksburg, has been found. Her body was found by ghost hunters at the abandoned Coon Hospital on Martin Luther King Boulevard. She had suffered trauma to the head. Her body has been sent to the crime lab, and her death is being investigated as a homicide. Two men are in custody in connection to the case. 33-year-old Raphael McLeod and 20-year-old Akeem McLeod were arrested after a traffic stop in Leland after discovering the car they were driving was stolen from Wilson. Police also found a stolen weapon in the vehicle. Raphael has been transported back to Vicksburg, and Akeem could also be sent back. Wow. There's a lot goes on in paranormal investigations. Over the years, we've read out lots of stories, haven't we, of people being shot. And there was a couple of stories we did in a row at the beginning of our first series several years ago where people burnt buildings down, if you remember. Mm -hmm. There was a very famous old barn in uh, Louisiana that got burnt down by paranormal investigators. And I remember reading a story where there was a group investigating an abandoned tunnel. A woman came out with a gun and started shooting them. So it is dangerous out there. Make sure you get permission is my advice if you ever do any paranormal investigations because firstly if you have any accidents of course no one knows you're there you're also trespassing and if you do get caught that means that anyone who wants to come into that building after you will be denied permission so you're stopping it for everybody else of course i have a story here that says the costumes in the new ghostbusters reboot have been revealed by the film's director paul feig he tweeted hashtag what you gonna wear with a photo of four sets of overalls. The remake of the 1980s film will star Melissa McCarthy, Kristen Wiig, Leslie Jones and Kate McKinnon as the ghost removal experts and will be released next July. Production on Ghostbusters is set to start later this year. Did anyone see these photographs, by the way? Yes. <laughs> I have to say, when you look, when you look at the Star Trek, how do you spell that? Is it as it has, that's how it sounds? Is it when when you look at the Star Trek reboot, they've got fabulous new you know uniforms, and uh, when you look at all the Marvel characters, you know the spandex is now gone, and they're wearing all these fabulous leather outfits, and everything's fabulously tailored, and you know you're looking at the new Batman costume and what Spider Man's going to wear, and it's all very kind of dark, subtle colours. This looks exactly like someone's just left four overalls on a coat hanger, and they look exactly like the overalls that were worn first time round. I don't see any difference in them, apart from one or two places. There's some flashes of kind of neon orange. I mean, I don't know if you want to add to that. Is there anything you'd like to add to that? Disappointing at best. It's It's very bizarre. They literally do look like four grubby overalls hanging on a coat hanger i'm not quite sure what their production company was doing the costume designer will not be winning an oscar for best costumes at that year's oscar ceremony i it it just lends me to think another reason why i don't want to go see it i can't believe while we're on the subject that they're now looking to reboot spider-man again and they've just Again? they've just yeah. got a new actor on mm-hmm. board who's a british guy and i'm thinking hang on a second this is now the third time 
this has been rebooted. I'm just wondering how many more times because these They're aren't complicated. They're rebooting the Fantastic Four too. Well, that's out next week, I believe. <laughs> it just seems bizarre. You know, you're getting Wait old. Until I'm dead before you reboot it again, please. It wasn't that great first time round. <laughs> it does make you feel old, doesn't it? That you know we've been alive that long that we've now seen the third reboot of Spider-Man. <laughs> <laughs> It's almost like when you hear a song in the charts and you think, hang on a second, I remember the first time that came around. It gets Terrible. a bit long in the tooth when it's the third time. Yeah, I know. The thing is that with Marvel characters and Marvel stories, they're not that complicated. There's no meta-narrative. The guy gets bitten by a radioactive spider. He gets caught in an alleyway. A car comes along and he finds out he can climb up a wall. It's not Jane Austen, is it? Do you hear what I'm saying? Well, how are they squeezing the pips out of that for a third go? What have they got to add to that that they didn't include first time round? No idea. I've given up. It's just CGI tonk, in my opinion. In another gender role reversal, Chris Hemsworth is to play a receptionist in the film. I don't know if you was aware well, of that. Well, maybe I'll go see it. <laughs> <laughs> Busting makes me feel good. In the original, the receptionist Janine Melnitz was played by actress Annie Potts. The first film in 1984 was directed by Ivan Reitman and made almost $300 million at the global box office. A sequel, Ghostbusters 2, of course, was released in 1989. Plans for a sequel were originally thought to be unlikely after Harold Ramis' death last year and Bill Murray's apparent reluctance to take part in the project. Original director Ivan Reitman also ruled himself out back in March. Do you know what I thought would be really good, and I think they've missed out on this? I'd really like to have seen the original characters just appear in the first 10 to 15 minutes of the film, just to hand the baton over. Yes. And do you know they made a guest appearance in the Starsky and Hutch film, for example, and there were some guest, ex- uh, guest appearances in the A-Team film, if you remember that, one or two of the A-Team characters also made some guest appearances. I know Harold Ramis is dead, but wouldn't it have been a fabulous opportunity using CGI and all the modern technology they've got if they could have continued that Ghostbusters idea but had Harold Ramis on the other side helping them being deceased? Wouldn't that have been a joy? That would have been fabulous, wouldn't it? What a great opportunity. If anyone's listening... Missed opportunity. A missed opportunity. No doubt Melissa McCarthy will fall over a lot because apparently it's funny to see a fat woman falling over if the script is short of laughs. You already know, don't you, if a film's rough, when you're looking at the uh, two-minute trailer in the uh, cinema and the funniest things they can show you is a man getting a shot to the pills and a fat woman falling over. Because that's what Charlie Chaplin did in the 1910s. And I'm thinking, hang on a second, have we not progressed? At what point is there going to be some evolution in this? If that's all they've got to offer, then that's disappointing, isn't it? But it does actually look like four overalls hung up in a janitor's cupboard, uh, I guess, which is the point, ultimately. (laughs) But if people wish to see those four grey overalls, they're welcome to do so. That particular news item is available for you to see on our website more questions and answers with adrian lee on facebook and that brings to the end of the round all that is ghosts and hauntings greg is on one i'm on two heather's on two and kim is also on two we move to the round that is ufos and cryptozoology it's green beasts it's hairy men it's all things strange and bizarre coming out of the sky. Kim's looking at me as if I'm mad. Have you seen a UFO this week? Wow. What have you got for me, Heather, in the round of UFOs and cryptozoology? And you should get a point straight away if this story is about 
UFOs or cryptozoology. <laughs> oh. oh, no. Mystery sea creature with fur and beak washes up on a remote beach. There Does you that go. count? That's cryptozoology. Yay. You've got yourself a point. You're now on a remarkable three. A mystery sea creature with a beak like a bird and fur on its tail has reportedly washed up on a beach, baffling marine experts. The remains of a giant beast have been found in a Russian Far East on the shoreline of Sakhalin Island. Do. There are some vowels in there to work with if you want to use them. Well, yeah, it's, it sounds like Sakhalin. It looks like Sakhalin. Something like that. Anyway. Let's call the whole thing off. Yeah. i'm trying to help you it's actually a place closer to the united states than moscow with a bloodied carcass ripped apart and bones showing scientists have yet to identify the strange prehistoric like mutant which has similarities to a dolphin but is twice as large as a human i don't know how they compare that I thought dolphins were quite large anyway, some of I the know. bigger ones. There are, there are porpoises and dolphins out there that are quite large and bigger than uh, humans, I would suggest. Like I said, I don't know about... A beluga wow is in the same sort of family, and that's a bit of a size, isn't it? That's yeah, that's a, pretty big. It is large. Images on the Siberian Times website clearly show what appears to be a thick, long hair, or bunch of them, hanging off the creature's remains, a characteristic that has puzzled the marine biologists. So this... Fish has hair. Did have, we do the hairy trout? I did hairy, a story. You did a story about a hairy trout. This Don't is true. Don't you remember? Yes, the fortune-telling hairy trout. I do recall. <laughs> yes. So now we have another fish with hair. Yes. Dolphins aren't fish, though, but you do continue. <laughs> oh, stop. We often get tropical and subtropical species here, and when they cool down, they stay here, and then they die, Mr. Kim continued. I can confidently say that this is some kind of dolphin, so he's confident, but he's not sure. However, it has fur, it's unusual, and dolphins do not have any fur. According to the famous marine park SeaWorld, dolphins are born with short hair, but shed it shortly after birth. So that three times fast. What? Shed it shortly. Shed it shortly. (laughs) No, don't say it anymore. We'll be taken off air. (laughs) And I'll be getting a $10,000 fine. So they have no idea what it is. I have seen this image. It is very strange. Again, that's on our Facebook site. More questions than answers. It was cold. It was very cold. What, in Siberia? (laughs) Yes. Okay. That's why it was wearing its fur. It was wearing a fur. Something's probably eaten it that was furry, and that died as well, and everything's just coming out. But it does look like a a pretty grim carcass. You can see ribs poking through, and it has got a beak, which you could imagine would look like a dolphin's beak, I guess, or snout. I don't know what you'd call that if it was decaying. But it does look like a bag of bones with a load of fur. It looks like someone's played a joke. They've glued together a pig, a chimpanzee, and a and a goat and thrown it on the beach. An abominable and, dolphin. It's an abominable dolphin. It's not going to leave any <laughs> footprints, though, is it? Unfortunately, there's this kind of dragging pattern going across the snow. Be one of those land dolphins you read so much about. Greg has to look out for land dolphins when he's doing his. Uh, Combining? Combining, yeah. Many a time he's had to poke a dolphin out of the uh, mechanisms there that he's picked up on the way through. A long way from home, I would suggest. I have a story here that says NASA cuts live video transmission as three UFOs fly past Earth. This shocking footage is causing quite a stir online this week. Some have already branded the clip definitive proof of alien life forms. The video, which is reportedly shot from the International Space Station, shows three unidentified flying objects blasting out of Earth's atmosphere. 
The lights leave our planet seconds before the live video feed is cut by NASA due to a reported loss of signal. Conspiracy theorists have already labelled the YouTube clip, which has been watched more than 15,000 times as proof of alien life. Bingo caught them red-handed leaving Earth's orbit, one viewer wrote on YouTube. That's the kind of proof that is needed. Another posted on the video sharing website, cut the cameras more, that just confirms it's true. NASA has not yet commented on the flashing lights captured during its live broadcast. It was probably swamp gas or Venus, I would suggest. (laughs) Of course, it's possible the YouTube video has been doctored, or the unexplained objects are simply a trick of the light. But this is not the first time conspiracy theorists claim NASA has inadvertently captured extraterrestrial activity. Live streams from the International Space Station have triggered hundreds of viral videos claiming to show proof of alien crafts. One such clip posted on YouTube by user StreetCap1 reportedly shows a small white disc flying near to the space station. Critics claim the alleged UFO sightings on the live feed are simply down to NASA's poor camera, and this latest sighting is likely to be a distorted view of the moon. See, I was close when I said Venus. They've got it down as the moon. And again, if you wish to see that particular footage, it is on our Facebook site. I shall give myself points for being informative. <laughs> Kim, what have you got for me in the round of UFOs and cryptozoology? Hotel guests see so many UFOs on the beach. Staff keep log of the sightings. Wow, that's interesting. A hotel is hearing so many similar UFO reports from guests that staff have started a log of alleged sightings. Debbie Whaley, manager of Ocean Sands Beach in Coastal Highway, Florida, is not convinced. Hurrah! It's Florida! Florida. (laughs) She's not convinced aliens are responsible, but believes something is checking the area out. In the latest incident, lights were reported to her by a couple who stayed at the hotel who said they moved in a controlled manner last week over Volano Beach, which her accommodation is by. Another guest who reported a sighting to her sent video footage to local news channel First Coast News. They told of a single light moving in the sky that appeared to move in a controlled manner, which they felt ruled out Chinese lanterns. There you go, those damn Chinese lanterns. (laughs) Ms. Welly said this is not the first time guests have reported watching UFOs. Wow. Almost makes you want to go and stay. There are places around America. There's uh, the mountains in Washington where the people that live out there actually sell tickets and say, if you come out and do our drumming workshop, we beckon the UFOs down. And they reckon if you sit out there and uh, on their ranch having a vacation for a couple of days, you will actually see the lights going over and they mm-hmm. move in a zigzag fashion. They look like satellites, if you imagine a satellite going over, but they don't move in a constant straight line. They zigzag and go backwards and forwards, which obviously satellites can't in fact do so it's very interesting and that does happen in places all around the world it just makes me wonder though if they're looking to sell more rooms in their hotel Could be. there are hotels around the country and uh, their names will remain anonymous that do promote paranormal activity so they can fill up their rooms during the week or during the winter season and uh, some of the stories they come up with um, do need to be taken with a pinch of salt and a little bit of hyperbole and aren't actually based in historical fact uh, that's not to say those buildings aren't haunted, but they perhaps over over promote those, I would suggest. You're looking at me as if I'm mad. This is true, I tell you. <laughs> I have one more story in the round of UFOs and cryptozoology. A UFO, or sounds from God, 
Just what is that evil-sounding trumpet noise coming from the sky? It was probably Delta passengers that went with the fish rather than the chicken on a long-haul flight. <laughs> Either that or there's a donkey flying the plane and they're having problems. <laughs> a strange noise coming from the skies alarmed people around the world, and experts have no idea what might be causing it. Footage has flooded YouTube from locations as varied as British Columbia in Canada, Allen in Texas and Queensland, also in Australia. The sound like something from Hollywood movies, The War of the Worlds, or Close Encounters of the Third Kind, starts without warning and has people transfixed in the street as it continues. And even the experts can't tell if it's aliens, God, the Earth, or something else unknown. That sentence then suggests that aliens and God aren't unknown. If it's then saying, do you see what I'm saying? It's actually Mm -hmm. making the statement there. I obviously missed that memo when they said that God and aliens weren't unknown. Kimberly Wookie from British Columbia in Canada. Nope. Kimberly Wookie. (laughs) (laughs) Depends if she's been waxing or not, I guess, doesn't it? (laughs) Have you met her sons, Randy and Ima? Kimberly Wookie from British Columbia. I've got time. I'm here all week. Wrote on YouTube. This is the second time I personally have heard these sounds here in Terrace, British Columbia, Canada. Before we go any further as well, there's a very famous cave in Britain called Wookie Hull. I don't know if you've heard of it. It exists. It's 100% truth. Nathan's nodding. There is a place called Wookie Hole. So uh, if you're hand solo and you want to go to Wookie Hole, then that is available to you. I shot out of bed and ran looking for a camera to try and capture them. Obviously some sort of camera that captures sounds I hadn't previously been aware of. Came out into the living room to find my seven-year-old son awake and scared, wondering what was going on. Checking my Facebook, I noticed a lot of locals had heard the same sounds again, but this time it was far more widespread. According to Metro, NASA say it could be the Earth's background noise. So after a Mexican, and we're in here recording... Um, It's okay. It's just the Earth's background noise, apparently. We're all safe. A statement from the agency said if humans had radio antennas instead of ears, we would hear a a remarkable symphony of strange noises coming from our own planet. Scientists call them tweaks and whistlers. Tweaks and whistlers. They sound like background music from a flamboyant science fiction film. But that is not science fiction. Earth's natural radio emissions are real, and although we're mostly unaware of them, they are around us all the time. And then the walls of Jericho came crashing down, apparently. (laughs) I was watching Weird Nature. It's a show on BBC America, and actually showed this phenomena. I don't know if you saw this or not, but it actually described and showed. They had uh, video footage, and they had film crews of this noise, and it sounds like the bass notes on a trombone almost. And they said that those noises could have been coming from factories a thousand miles away, and the sound travels, and it hits the atmosphere, and only the bass notes come back down. So like when you've got a stereo and you're downstairs and the stereo is upstairs and you're just getting the bass coming through the floor those notes that are coming through are just the bass notes and it does literally sound like someone playing a tuba so it's very strange and very distorted but apparently it's being caused by mother earth for more informative paranormal madness please stay tuned after these short messages from our sponsors the Lakes Area Paranormal Interest Group meets bi-monthly to discuss all things paranormal. The group's primary focus is on the topic of UFOs, but they also delve into alien abductions, strange trumpet noises, cryptozoology, hairy dolphins, Bigfoot crop circles and ghosts. Come with an open mind and be prepared to discover the who, what, when, where, why 
and how of these phenomena. Meetings are from 7 to 9 p.m. Central Time in the Banquet Room of the American Legion Club in Wake Park, Minnesota. For more information, visit their website, lapig.org. For people who believe that standing in a cold, dark basement in the middle of the night for hours and end is perfectly normal. And I just want to give a shout-out because the Lakes Area paranormal interest group is holding a paracon on the second weekend of july in long prairie in the middle of minnesota and it's the 50th anniversary of a very famous um ufo sighting the beer can ufo sighting i thought you were gonna say beer can chicken the beer can chicken (laughs) yes i'm being haunted by last night's beer can chicken i just wished I would have cooked it for just a little bit longer. It was on the pink side and it's been with me all day and haunting me and following me around to the point where we had to do an exorcism in the bathroom and I've been in there smudging all week. So this is a very true story. A little uh, a little airship came down. There was a mothership, a big UFO, and the ship came down, landed in the middle of the road 50 years ago in Long Prairie and out jumped lots of little aliens that looked like beer cans with little arms and legs and they all ran around. This is very true. And uh, it's the, 50th. <laughs> the mothership looked like a keg. That's the sort of thing. A drunk vagrant came along, ripped the heads off one of them, and drank the contents, which is rather <laughs> unfortunate. He actually started a war, and they didn't even realise it. This is how a war with aliens is going to start. They're going to land, and we're going to get misinformation, and we're going to drink one of them. And that'll be highly offensive to their culture that we drank right. their contents after ripping their head off. <laughs> what can I say? It looked like a can of Newcastle Pale Ale. What was I supposed to do? <laughs> but this is where we are. This genuinely happened. And uh, the military actually looked into this. The Air Force went down there and men in black coats turned up and they interviewed the guy that saw this, the guy who saw these cans running around. But farmers did actually see the UFO as well. And when they looked at the tarmac, it had scorch marks on it. So other things corroborated his story. But he was interviewed by the men in black and uh, was never seen again. He disappeared, left town and no one's heard of him since. And this was 50 years ago. And he was a very well-educated young man that was a radio host. He was 19 at the time. So if he's listening, um, I'd love to get in contact with you and to chat with you about that. But this weekend is taking place, second weekend of July. It's a big celebration of that particular event in Long Prairie. If you go to lapig.org, all the details are there. And there's some fabulous speakers um, that are going to be talking in a conference there. We've got Jerome Clark from uh, the UFO um, encyclopedias he's written those we've also have mark randall and several other experts there so come along there's lots of ghosts lots of ufos and lots of fun to be had the minnesota chapter of the mutual ufo network mufon meets the second saturday of every month at the new brighton community center new brighton minnesota meetings from 2 to 5 p.m central and include investigation reports open mic book reviews, videos and guest speakers. Anyone with an interest in UFOs is welcome to attend. For anyone who's experienced a UFO sighting or knows someone who has, this is the place to be. Meeting agendas, driving directions and tons of information with lawn mowers with wheels falling off can be found <laughs> at mnmufon.org. I would love to hear from you if you would like your business or product advertised live on more questions than answers. Reaching the nation and beyond with informative, well-educated listeners of good taste and a love of the paranormal and all things oddly intriguing. In the lyrics and the words of the reggae legend that is Johnny Nash, there are indeed more questions than answers. And the more I find out, the less I know. 
which means I'm probably less intelligent than when the show started. I'm your host, Adrian Lee, famous for being banned in Lithuania for the annoying inability to be able to say beer can chicken live on air. <laughs> Welcome back for the second part of tonight's show. If you have just joined us, then where have you been? And what could have been more important? If you have stayed with me, then let me raise your spirits further by saying that we still have 50% of the show still left to go. Hurrah and a happy dance all around the bedroom. Remember, you can contact the show at any time via our Facebook site, more questions and answers with Adrian Lee. All of tonight's stories and much, much more can be found in glorious detail and technicolor for your perusal, including all the photographs and videos that accompany our stories. You can also write to me and send me your stories at mqta at rocketmail.com and my Twitter account is Adrian underscore Lee underscore tips and we currently have 55,000 followers on there so thank you to all of those people for contributing to that social media site and I'll just slip in that I currently have a book out at the moment if people are interested it's available on Amazon and Barnes and Noble it is called how to be a Christian psychic what the Bible says about mediums, healers and paranormal investigators and I shall be having a book launch and book signing soon that I shall tell you about around the country. I've now been handed a fresh cup of tea and the promise of cookies. I have fresh flashlight batteries and my mother has now stopped snoring so she will be very happy to hear that back in London. (laughs) We are now in the round that is the strange and the bizarre. It's the stories from around the week that are too odd, too bizarre, too weird not to be read out but do not fit in any other category we will go to heather first you are in the lead at the moment on five points kim and myself are tied in second on four and greg has had a resplendent one for saying that the number 18 in chinese culture is in fact lucky so he's got himself a lucky number one what have you got for me tonight well i plan on keeping my lead rolling oh you're going to stretch your lead further are you man in wheelchair Robs New York Bank and gets away. I see what you've done there. (laughs) Police on Tuesday were searching for a man in a wheelchair who is suspected of robbing a New York bank and rolling out of the building with $1,200 in cash to make a clean getaway. How does that happen? I'm not quite sure, unless he had rockets attached to those. Well, the first thing I thought of, if he's in a wheelchair, they have brakes in the back. Can't you just hit the brakes and then he can't go anywhere? He might have had a gun with him, which makes it unlikely you'd want to go near his wheelchair. The man who wore a gray hoodie and appeared to be about 30 years old, according to surveillance video, is accused of passing a note to a Santander bank teller in New York City borough of Queens on Monday afternoon and demanding money, the New York Police Department spokesman said. Despite never showing a gun to the bank workers. He never showed a gun. No, the man was not intercepted as he exited the bank in his wheelchair with the loot. No arrests have been made. (laughs) I'm sorry. That's terrible. It is terrible. (laughs) The New York incident is not the first time a person in a wheelchair has robbed a bank, by the way. No? A 60-year-old Idaho man in a wheelchair was arrested last year for holding up the first federal bank, stopped by police while attempting to flee the robbery scene in a taxi cab. Is he still on the run? <laughs> but this one is actually quite sad. In 2010, a terminally ill California man 
in a wheelchair, hoping to get medical hair. Uh, medical, medical hair? Yeah, medical hair. Where can Nathan, yeah, Nathan needs to get medical hair. Where can, <laughs> Thank you, Adrian. Do you have insurance to cover that? <laughs> Put your shirt back on. I can see your hair, right? Um, he was actually hoping to get medical care in prison, and so he held up a Chase Bank with a BB gun. He was arrested outside the building and was sentenced to 21 years incarceration. But the reason he did that was because he couldn't afford medical care. Welcome to America, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. So I just wonder. You can rob a bank. Twenty-one in a years for a baby gun. Yes. You can have someone's eye out with that. Just oh, because he wanted medical care, it's That's sad. terrible. Yes, they do. This very sad indeed. Actually, thank you for bringing the tone of the show down. I must thank I you. I wasn't. That was up. Was it? Yeah. That he's got twenty-one years in prison. No, that was just a side note. The main story was a wheelchair man robbing a bank. I wonder. Rolling away. Wouldn't it be interesting if part of your disguise was to pretend you was in a wheelchair? So they were looking for a person in a wheelchair when actually you could walk perfectly well. Wouldn't that be the way to go, perhaps? Are you making plans? I have no plans at the moment, but if I need some medical insurance, this obviously is the place to go, isn't it? And where to be doing it, I suspect. I have a story in the round of the Strange and Bizarre that says, Watch Bizarre Moment. Hundreds of leaping carp attacked university rowing team as they train on the lake. When carp turns bad. I don't know where that came from. Bizarre footage shows the moment a shoal of carp began leaping out of the water, appearing to attack a passing university rowing team. They must have been from a rival university, I would suggest. (laughs) The students were practising their strokes when the fish began pommeling themselves out of the river into the air. Greg, have you pommeled yourself recently and practised your strokes? No, I haven't. The giant Asian carp leapt so high in the air, some appear to jump clean over the rowing boat as it passes. A few of the carp even land in a smaller boat as it passes through the stretch of water. The first-year students at Washington University were training on the Crevecourt Lake in Missouri when the strange incident took place. The rowers can be seen shielding themselves. The fish jump and splash around them. Asian carp, which grow up to 100 pounds in weight, are reported to leap from the water when frightened i don't know they're over here they're taking our jobs taking our women shocking the video ends with a close-up of some of the bemused rowing crew asian carp are known for getting easily frightened by boats and can leap up to 10 foot from the water one carp told cnn news that he had just settled down with the family for dinner when the rowers arrived making a lot of noise one walleye said the whole river is full of asian carp now and you're lucky to see another walleye in the neighborhood he goes on to blame obama's immigration policies who knew kim (laughs) what have you got for me in the round a bit of satire there i see in the round of the strange and the bizarre there's a ginger pride festival coming to britain oh great (laughs) magic (laughs) say it loud i'm red and proud the idea is it's a trick you get all the gingers in one field and then you can drop bombs on them it's a trick no (laughs) controversial don't go ginger people it's a trick i tell you uh gingers will march through the streets proudly next year at a ginger pride event designed to combat gingerism oh that's the last thing we want (laughs) stuart perry 43 was inspired by similar events in scotland and holland and is planning an event in plymouth for next summer ginger-haired celebrities are already said to be interested according to the plymouth herald this is being done not for political status or because we have a chip on our shoulder 
but because it will be fun, says the campaign page. I'm telling you, it's just to get them all in one big field and then we're putting a B-52 <laughs> over them. I wonder if we're approaching a time when bullying gingers is over. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently not. We're making the news. Being ginger has stopped being uncool, and people are seeing more and more positives about being a redhead. Yeah, everyone around the table's <laughs> laughing. <laughs> Part of the reason I'm laughing is because it is just like they have different things. Like if your eyes are brown, you're more susceptible to eye diseases. Did you know that? I didn't know. They've also discovered that redheaded people are more susceptible to being bipolar. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I'm trying to think of some now. One or two spring to mind. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> wow. You shall get points for being informative and funny. You are now on seven. I have a story here in the Strange and the Bizarre round that says, Unwanted visitor at North Texas Museum, snaking toilet. <laughs> Great. <laughs> I've seen a few snakes in the toilet. I bet that was just last week. <laughs> this is how she's paying her mortgage. Oh. An unwelcome visitor was killed up at a North Texas Museum until a worker noticed there's nearly six foot snake and summoned help i like you just noticed a six foot snake it's a beast i tell you the wichita falls times records news reported monday that the snake was safely removed from the toilet at the archer county museum marianne levy on sunday afternoon was opening the museum in archer city when she came upon the rat snake sheriff's deputy tina robertson was supervising an inmate crew mowing the grounds of the nearby courthouse a trustee happened to know about snakes and he helped extricate the coiled creature no stereotypes there is there no that prisoners working in the yard someone knows how to deal with snakes <laughs> that's mary ann levy who's jewish i suspect so the snake should have been two inches longer the snake was placed in a couple box <laughs> The reptile was given to a breeder. Marianne Levy says she doesn't remember eating it, but next time she will flush. Uh, <laughs> Heather, what have you got for me in the round of The Strange and the Bizarre? Are you ready for a pirate story? <laughs> pirate fired pistols on Florida Keys Bridge. Florida, hooray! <laughs> A man dressed in a full pirate costume was arrested after firing his guns on the old Seven Mile Bridge in the Florida Keys Monday night, authorities said. Jamie Don Spearing, 58, is charged with disorderly conduct following his arrest in Marathon, according to the Monroe County Sheriff's Office. It is unknown if he has a private attorney. Nathan? There's your chance. Do you, do you, do you represent? Do you, have you represented pirates in the past? Or? Not from Florida. No, not in Florida. Deputies responding to the shots fired call found Spearing in costume with an operational black powder pistol on each hip, a sword and two knives, authorities said. That's what you'd need, apparently, if you go to Florida on vacation, I've been told. I, I think he's under arms, to be perfectly honest. I'd want to take more. Yeah, he said he was actually an entertainer, was on the bridge with friends watching the sunset, as everybody does in pirate costume and garb. Um, when the incident happened, he admitted to firing the pistols, which had no projectiles loaded, just the powder. Uh, Sparing claimed that he shot them safely towards the water, but witnesses said he fired one at the water and one at cars traveling on the bridge. Oh, dear. Arr! This isn't good news, is it? I'm saying. He was looking for doubloons. <laughs> it was. <laughs> He's lucky he didn't catch his Jolly Roger. <sighs> oh, 
we stumble into the very last round that is called Not For Your Mother. If your mother is in the room and she's not snoring in London and she's of a delicate disposition, she needs to be removed if there's any minors, anyone who's easily offended. This is the round of the week where we read out the stories that are laden with innuendo and could easily be offensive the things that are going to get us taken off air and a fifteen thousand dollar fine this is the round where i will try and be funny (laughs) (laughs) i shall start tonight's proceedings it says bizarre moment man is left screaming in agony after sitting on a firework in his bathroom this video shows the moment a man is left in agony after sitting on a firework in a bathroom. The man can be seen lighting the firework before placing it under a bowl. I would imagine this is like in Vietnam where you're on a helicopter and you place your helmet under your bottom to sit on yes. in case you get shot. Yeah. He then sits with his head on his hands waiting for it to ignite. However... He clearly wasn't expecting it to explode quite like it did. The man was forced to jump up in terror as the firework exploded with a loud bang, causing a huge plume of smoke to fill the bathroom. His friends could only laugh hysterically as the man cried out in pain whilst running around the house. His bottom now looks like the Japanese flag. When asked how his rectum is, he said rectum... It nearly blew him apart. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Kim, what do you, if anyone wants to see that, by the way, it's available on our Facebook site, More Questions and Answers with Adrian Lee. The man is a fool, I tell you. Kim, <laughs> what have you got for me tonight in the round of Not For Your Mother? Another opportunity for Nathan to represent someone. Yay! In Florida! Nope. We need, to, uh, we need to get um, some percentage here for finding him cases, yes, don't we? Yes, I do. think so. Yeah, finders think, fees. This is it, finders <laughs> fees. Pittsburgh man charged with robbing bank with a sex toy. <laughs> Put your hands up, you bum. <laughs> it's a story that's getting a lot of buzz. A bomb squad. Buzz. I get it. <laughs> a How do bomb- you know? <laughs> Everyone in the room just looked at Heather and there was silence. You could have heard a pin drop. It was fabulous. I would like D batteries for Christmas, please. What about <laughs> I was under the impression you'd wreck the transmission. The wheels might fall off. I know when she's using it because all the lights in town start dimming. I think wow, someone's drinking the juice out there tonight. <laughs> I'm going to get shares in power, Jen. This is where we are. (laughs) (laughs) A bomb squad blew up a briefcase and other suspicious items in a Pittsburgh man's car after he robbed a bank with a sex toy, specifically a vibrator. When it explodes, if they do a controlled explosion, does that mean they're raining down like, you know, there's someone cycling on a bicycle and suddenly a sex toy falls into their hood and they don't realise <laughs> until it starts raining and then they're in for a shock, aren't they? Oh, wait, that was our other noise. You could have someone's window out, is what I'm saying. Now, you were talking about, uh, what were you talking about? I'm sorry, you're going to have to give me more to work with than that. I know I'm a psychic, but I'm not that bloody good. Oh, never mind, keep going. I okay, remember. Heather's just, she's away, we've lost her. She's sat there. thinking, she's I'm got, stuttering. She's got a, and her lips aren't even moving. What time's the show over? Uh, Aaron Stein, 35, faces a preliminary hearing in Allegheny County Magisterial District Court on nine felony counts, including aggravated assault, robbery, 
threatening to use a weapon of mass destruction and the unusual <laughs> charge. <laughs> wow. It was like a thermos flask. Say assault and battery. Please say assault and battery. Nope, not yet. <laughs> and the unusual charge of possessing a facsimile weapon of mass destruction. A facsimile wow. weapon. The last one would be the vibrator. Oh. Stein was arrested after a PNC bank in the Pittsburgh suburb of Crafton was robbed of an undisclosed amount of money. Crafton Police Chief Mark Sumter told NBC Station that Stein stated he had a bomb, showed the teller wires hanging out from his shirt, and demanded cash. Put your hands up or no one gets hurt. <laughs> <laughs> the robber drove off in a white Toyota, Toyota, which was pulled over on a ramp to northbound Interstate 79 by Robinson Township Police. Officers found money in a garbage bag, and beneath the front passenger seat, they found the device Stein is accused of having used in the bank robbery. He borrowed his girlfriend's car. (laughs) (laughs) It's very rare to actually find a hardened criminal. (laughs) (laughs) A makeshift box he had made out of a box, black tape, vibrator, and cell phone. Black tape? Yes. Oh, my. Bomb squad dog checked the device and a briefcase that officers found in the car. Both were detonated as a precaution. Wow. He'll get 22 (laughs) years for that, I tell you. It's ridiculous. (laughs) I have a story here that says, Watch Randy Balls being hosed down by firefighters during rescue of a heifer stuck between two trees. Randy Balls? Two Randy Balls. Randy Balls, sir, had to be hosed down. He's a quarterback, isn't he? Randy Balls. Doesn't he play for Minnesota Vikings? Two Randy Balls had to be hosed down by firefighters to keep them away from a cow that had wedged itself between two trees. But they don't know what Randy means. They don't know. Yes, I do. Yes, we do. I was going to show them later. (laughs) Firefighters were forced to direct water jets at four large balls for their own safety during the unusual call-out in Alfreton, Derbyshire. The RSPCA was alerted after someone spotted the weak and dehydrated cow had trapped its head between two tree trunks on a steep incline. Animal Welfare Officer Andy Snowden said the firefighters' actions helped to keep them safe while they winched the trees apart to free the cow. He said, I love all animals, but I have to admit, having four large randy balls circling around me was quite an interesting experience, and one I don't want to repeat any time soon. Some call it a cow wedged in a tree, others would call it an opportunity. Oh, no. Heather, what have you got for me finally tonight in the round of Not For Your Mother? One of your favorite movies is being reenacted. Wow. I didn't think you knew what my favorite movie was. It's in Dutch. Goldmember. Oh. Yes. Yeah, baby. I oh, know. You're, you're going to love it. I promise. Do I make you horny, baby? Do I? <laughs> L.A. gangster dies after gold plating his balls. <laughs> Great. <laughs> You're hairy like animal. Grr. Grr, baby. Very good. <laughs> An L.A. gang will likely be seeking revenge against gold after the periodic element claimed the life of one of its prized members. Members. I see what you've done there. <laughs> yeah, you like it? This is why it's called Not For Your Mother. Nazario Conchuza Gonzalez, who was also known as Palados de Oro, or Uno, maybe, who knows? The English translation being Golden Testicles was trying to embrace his street persona by gold plating his scrotum when he unfortunately ran into a series of health issues following his procedure that ultimately led to his demise. Smelting 
accidents. Yes. David Beckham is called Golden Balls. That's his nickname. I don't know if you were aware of that. No, I was not. That is the truth, I tell you. You can look it up online. According to the original source, the 17-year-old gangbanger was enamored with the 2002 movie comedy Goldmember, an Austin Powers parody of the Bond movie Goldfinger, in which Powers is hunting a criminal mastermind who colors his victim's man parts in gold. The gangster who loved gold. That was an impression, was it? I guess. Can I you thought, do it better? I thought you was having a stroke. I was worried. <laughs> <laughs> I was after that one story, you know. <laughs> he started by painting his genitals with the lead-based paint. Lead-based. But, but quickly decided that a simple coloring wasn't enough. So he wasn't putting lead in his pencil. He was putting lead in his pencil case. Yes. Oh, good one. Uh, he needed to take it to the next level. He needed the real gold. To complete the makeshift operation, Gonzalez used a professional automotive gold plater that he stole from a garage. Since gold plating your testicles is a medical impossibility, even for the best of doctors, the El Salvadorian gangster's DIY attempt left him with no chance at all. Evidently, this numbskull isn't the first guy to try it either. Surprise, surprise. Los Angeles Community Hospital Dr. Ian Josephson told local reporters gold-plated scrotums are a growing trend among L.A. gang members despite the certainty of death. He continued in saying, this is the third case this year, (laughs) but we have had many occurrences in hospitals in the region these past years. It seems to be a growing trend within the gang member community. I have no idea where this idea comes from, but plating one's own genitals will only ultimately end in serious medical complications or even death, as we have seen in this case. See, a public information... Don't plate your nuts, guys. This is the way to go. See, all that glitters is not gold. (laughs) Doesn't that hurt? Yes, I would imagine it does hurt, Nathan, yes. (laughs) On a level of one to ten, how's your pain at the moment? (laughs) Ten? Five each, I'm guessing this is where we are. Well, all good things come to an end. So let us look at tonight's scores. In last place with the K2 meter and the dead battery, it's Greg, who's a master massive two points i'm currently in third place on five heather is on six and tonight's winner in a resplendent seven points is kim and she will win the thirty-three thousand dollar ir camera do not fear listeners remember we are back with a whole new bunch of stories next week at the same time and i would love for you to join me for a fun and informative journey through the world of the paranormal strange intriguing bizarre and weird please tell your friends and family about the show and feel free to contact me anytime via my facebook site more questions and answers with adrian lee or you can email me at mqta at rocketmail.com you can also follow my twitter account at adrian underscore lee underscore tips my greatest thanks and gratitude are extended to lorna hunter heather morris jeton drainer kim and greg gore and all of the international paranormal society int paranormal.net and all of our listeners on darkmatterradio.net and the show sponsors including the lakes area paranormal interest group and MUFON of Minnesota if you wish to go to the Paracon the second weekend of July make sure you go to lapig.com and all the details will be there for you it just remains for me to say thank you for listening and remember be interested and interesting good night